to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on this uh, on this Wednesday. Ben Kenny producing the program. I'm Bill Michaels, and uh, we're we're just uh, kind of waiting for the Great White Death to take over as uh, the snow is on its way. Depending on where you're at, what you're going to get. The cold's coming. We all know that. Packers heading down to Miami this weekend to play on Christmas Day. Hopefully, uh, giving Packers fans everywhere. The Christmas present they're hoping for. Bringing in now from SB Nation, our guy, Mark Schofield, joining us. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. So let's first start out with uh, the, the Packers and getting the win the other night against the Rams. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says things are getting better. Um, you know, do you see it? I honestly do. You know, I, watching that game Monday night, studying that game this morning, particularly the passing game, and it seemed like things were starting to click. I think having Romeo Dobbs back was a nice aspect to that. You know, he had some catches early in that game, had some catches, you know, in the second half of that game as well. And you could see, you know, particularly on, I, there was a route early in the game where, you know, he breaks to the outside, then works his way back inside. That's a nice time in a chemistry route between quarterback and receiver. And my main takeaway, honestly, and this is something I've been thinking about since Monday night was, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, you see what this offense can be now. You see what this offense can be with Watson, with Romeo Dobbs, what this passing game could look like, how the run game could work and build in off of that. And, you know, I know that the Packers are still technically alive. They've still got a pathway to get into the playoffs. But even if they don't, I have to think that with the way this season has sort of wound down for Green Bay, Rodgers now has a couple of reasons to really want to come back because this passing game could be something – I'd say, you know, pretty special next year with these two young receivers and with Rodgers back in the fold. And so I do think it's getting better in the passing game. I do think this offense has started to click. It might be, you know, too little too late for this season, but I think next is looking pretty bright. <laughs> Excuse me. The rest of the division, uh, we know that uh, obviously the Minnesota Vikings have clinched. We know that <laughs> that the, the Lions have really come on strong. Give me your thoughts on the Lions, first and foremost, as they have gotten better as the season has gone on. Yeah, they have gotten better. I mean, I, I think a lot of it starts with Jared Goff, and he's not turning the ball over. You know, I was very curious, and we talked about this last week with that Jets game. You know, that was the kind of game where, you know, the Jets are kind of built to beat what Detroit was doing this year. The ability to get pressure with four. Sauce Gardner is such a talented young cornerback, and you saw that Lions offense, you know, struggle. They weren't scoring to the rate, you know, and didn't score in that game at the rate that they had been for most of the season, particularly during this run of games where they cut themselves back into the playoff mix. But the Lions found a way. And in, in typical, I think, sort of Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions of 2022 fashion, that game would drive. It starts with Brock Wright with a drop. But they come right back to him on fourth and one. He was the second read on that play where you've got Monrose Brown in the flat. That's not there. Goff does a really good job of getting back to right for the touchdown. They're, they're a team that's coming together and playing their best football in December, which is what you really want. And, you know, looking ahead for the Detroit Lions, they've got themselves, like we said, they're back in the playoff mix. They get a Carolina team on the road that's a little bit frisky, you know, that defense particularly. But, you know, they get past that, you know, you get Chicago week 17. Chicago's certainly, you know, playing for next year. And then you get the Packers in week 18 who might be eliminated by then. 
they could win all three of these games and really get in. I've been very impressed, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, particularly with Jared Goff and with Goff, especially against that defense last week, finding a way to win. Now, we know that the Lions are fighting for a spot. The Commanders are fighting for a spot. The Packers are fighting for a spot. We know all these teams are right there on the cusp. Who has uh, a legit shot? We know the Commanders, you know, it's a tough schedule. They could find themselves on the outside looking in. The Lions are trying to get in. The Packers, uh, all they got to do is win out and hope for a little bit of help. That seems likely. Who do you think are going to be the last few in when it comes to uh, when it comes to the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I look at Detroit and the way that they've come on down the stretch here. You know, they found a sort of winning recipe on both sides of the ball, but particularly, in, you know, on that offensive side of the ball, like, like we talked about with, you know, how Jared Goff is playing, how they're not turning the ball over, how they're finding a way to get things done. You know, the commanders really sort of confused me because I thought looking at between them and the Giants that, you know, Washington had a nice favorable situation with, you know, three of their final four at home, you would think, oh, they're going to find a way to get this done. Now they lose to the Giants. They have to go cross-country to play San Francisco. Then the week after that, they get a Cleveland team that, you know, Watson seems to be settling into that offense. So I think, you know, the commanders are probably going to fade out of these teams. I think right now with the way things stand and the way te- the way the teams are playing, I think the Lions are the team that gets in out of that group. You know, but the Packers, they still have a shot. I think the Commanders, like I said, it's surprising to me because I thought they were going to be a team that got in and the Giants would fall out. But it does look like the Commanders are going to end up sliding out of this because, you know, they couldn't get it done against New York. Now they've got, you know, these next two games, San Francisco and Cleveland, a trip to the West Coast, which is tough, and a Cleveland offense that seems to be figuring some things out with Watson. When you've got uh, the the top of this uh, the top of this conference, the Eagles right now they've got Jalen Hurts with a, a bum shoulder. The Cowboys are fighting for a spot as well, and Dak Prescott continues to throw interceptions. We talked about the the Vikings a little bit. Who looks like the best team coming out of the NFC right now? I mean, it still looks like the Eagles, um, but you have to wonder about Hurts because before he went down, you know, we've talked about this though. You know, complete team on both sides of the ball, right? They could run the ball like we saw against the Packers. They could throw it like we've seen the past couple of weeks against Tennessee, against the Giants. You know, but you wonder, and their center, Jason Kelsey, talked about this on his show, his podcast with his brother, you know, making the case for Hurts as the MVP, saying that everything that they do on offense starts with Jalen Hurts. It begins with what he can do, the threat he poses both as a runner and a thrower. If he's less than 100% when he comes back, that's going to sort of hurt their chances a little bit. Now, they're in a very unique situation. They just need either a win in the final three games or you know a loss from one of the other teams chasing them to lock up the top overall seed. You know, so they don't have to force Hurts back. They can take some time. But you know, thinking about this in terms of his time away from the field, if they shut him down now, and they don't play him until the divisional round. If they do lock up, like we expect, that top overall seed, that's what, four or five weeks of off-the-field rest and action? That's a lot of rust to kick off in a divisional round playoff game where things can change in a hurry. And so they are in a unique situation. Now, I wonder how they're going to handle it. Do they try to get him back for the Saints game? Do they play him in, say, week 18 against the Giants, just kick some of that rust off? I don't know how they're going to handle it. I don't know how he's going to be when he comes back. I think they're the most complete team, but as opposed to, say, this time last week when we thought, oh, yeah, it's absolutely the Eagles, the Hurts injury is certainly something to watch. 
Uh, talk about San Francisco real quick. Brock Purdy, is this a guy capable? I mean, he certainly has injected energy and excitement into the San Francisco fan base, but is this a guy capable of really taking this team, not screwing it up and allowing the defense to do what they do, taking this team deep into the postseason? It looks like it right now, but the big question is going to be the next couple of weeks because we've seen this before, right? Quarterback comes in, don't have a ton of film on him, you know, at least from what he's done in the NFL field. He looks good at the start, but then defenses figure out, okay, well, now now we've taken the time to study him in this offense, you know, in this environment, in this setting. Here are the things we can do to sort of slow him down, eliminate what he does. And so we're going to see over the next couple of weeks if Brock Purdy, you know, if there really is some magic happened here or it was just a case of teams didn't know what to expect. And now that they've sort of seen some film from him for the next past couple of weeks, they can figure him out. But what we've seen the past two weeks makes me believe that this could continue. And again, it was the the same sort of argument that applied to Garoppolo before his injury applies here. The defense, the talent around the quarterback position, what Kyle Shanahan can do conceptually to play design and create it and then expose and, and take advantage of mismatches with McCaffrey, with Samuel when he comes back. All those arguments that applied to Garoppolo, they apply to Purdy as well. And like you said, he's, he's shown a little bit more flash and ability to create a little bit off script to, you know, be a bit more explosive at times, dynamic outside the pocket than Garoppolo. And so if that holds, this run could continue. So to the AFC, uh, you know, because the AFC to me is just a little bit deeper, maybe Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati's playing extremely well. I think Baltimore, when they get Lamar Jackson, obviously going to be a problem. The, the Miami Dolphins are still what of a, somewhat of an enigma. Can Tua really be the guy when it comes to the postseason? Yes or no. You still got New England battling, the Jets battling. You got a little more depth there. Jacksonville's coming on extremely strong right now. Talk about the AFC, because we still feel it's going to be Buffalo and Kansas City. But after winning now, what, six in a row, I think Cincinnati's one of those teams to be contended with. Tennessee can still run the ball in cold weather. Give me your thoughts there. Yeah, I, you know, we look at Buffalo, we look at Kansas City, and certainly you know, we expect them to be in the mix deep into the playoffs. Division around maybe a, another AFC championship game like we saw from them two years ago. Obviously, they met at the division around last year in that game. But I look at the way Cincinnati has played in the past couple of weeks and what stands out, you know, beyond the things that, you know, we've all talked about figuring out too high, figuring out a run game on a shotgun. They're a, for a younger team, Burrow, Chase, the, even a younger head coach, they're a veteran team. They don't panic. They get down to Kansas city. They don't panic. They run their offense. They do what they do and they find a way to come back. They get down last week against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They don't panic. The offense looks the same in the second half as it did in the first. They just, they understand that, Hey, we don't have to worry here. If we got down. That's okay. We've done it before. We can come back. That's an impressive aspect to a roster. You know, like we've sometimes seen a team that loses a Super Bowl, they go in the absolute other direction the following season. They seem like they're more locked in now than ever before. And I look at the Bengals and think, you know, yes, Mahomes and company, they're dangerous. Josh Allen and company, they're certainly dangerous. The Bengals are a team I don't want to face. You know, I think Miami had a nice game against Buffalo, and they showed that, you know, obviously the buildup to that game was the weather, how they're going to handle it. They seem like they were able to handle that pretty well. And so – Maybe they can make a little bit of noise. You know, the Chargers seem to be coming on, but you mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, you know, there's a path for them to win that division. There's a, there's a world which we could live in in a couple of weeks where their game against Tennessee in Week 18 gets flexed to Sunday night because the division is on the line. 
and they find a way to get in. They seem to be coming on. Trevor Lawrence seems to be putting it together, living up to some of the pre-draft hype around him. Jacksonville's a team that I think something's happening down there, and it wouldn't surprise me to see that Week 18 game between them and the Titans before the division and before that final playoff spot. Yeah, Doug Peterson has done a world of wonder after what uh, the tragedy oh, was last year that Urban absolutely. Meyer just completely ripped that team up. So we give him all the credit in the world. Uh, real quick before I let you go, and, and we go back to the Green Bay Packers now, Packers offensively seem to be getting things together. It looks like Rodgers is getting a little more comfortable. The thumb is healed up. The ribs are feeling good. Do they have – is because I still believe this defense is better than what we saw for the majority of the season on paper. Do we have, does this team have the ability to be better, to be more aggressive, to be, because we didn't see a lot of missed tackles and such the other night, but they've got, and it's not, it used to be where you could just say Detroit at the end of the season, ah, that's a win. You can't say that anymore because those two teams could still be fighting to get into the postseason. Three tough games. If the Packers could win the next three games, Miami, Minnesota, and Detroit, they would be then, in my opinion, one. not only are they beating good teams, but one of the hottest teams going into the postseason at that time with five straight wins to get there, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I think you're right. The talent is there on paper on the defensive side of the ball for this defense to be better than what we've seen. And this was, if you think back to August, that was the argument, right? Well, the offense might take some time to come together, but the defense is going to be good. You know, the defense is going to give them some short fields, some opportunities for some quick scoring drives. Maybe it's coming together here at the end of the season, what we thought we were going to see from the Packers, because now that passing game is clicking. And maybe that defense is starting to piece it all together. You know, it could be just enough to get them in. Because like you said, if they win out, they're going to beat some good teams along the way. And they might become sort of this year's version of the Niners last year, which was that proverbial team you don't want to face. Good stuff as always, my friend, Mark. Uh, Have a great Christmas, and then we'll talk again next week, okay? You too, Bill. Have a fantastic Christmas to you, to yours, and to all the listeners. Thanks so much. We'll talk next week. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Mark Schofield of SB Nation joining us for a couple of minutes. At Mark Schofield over on uh, over on Twitter, you can find his stuff there. Good stuff. And he's right. I mean, uh, you know, start, you start to look at some of the question marks coming down the stretch. You know, obviously the Eagles, you would assume, are going to pretty much wrap up everything, and they should be the top team going in with or without Jalen Hurts playing over the next couple of weeks. But, you know, Ben, how confident are you that they pull off a victory against the Cowboys if Hurts does not play? Weirdly confident. Uh, I, I just have one of those feelings about that game where everybody is going to discount them, the line's going to be seven points, and then Garner Minshew could come in and play fine, but I think their team is good enough to withstand it. But if they do or if they don't, I don't think it matters because then they play the Saints, who stink, and then they play mm-hmm. the Giants. I don't think the Giants game at the end of the year is for anything. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of leaning in that direction myself. Uh, but I, 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 I agree with you. I think right now it's more about uh, not even the Eagles playing their best. I think it's more about Dak Prescott. He is stuck in a funk, and for whatever reason, turnovers have become prevalent for him. And I said, I've said all along. First of all, I don't think da- uh, Dak Prescott, and people rip me for this, but I, I said I never thought Dak Prescott was going to be uh, great. I always thought he would be Dak Prescott, which he's good. He's going to win you some games. He's also going to throw the ball away and lose you some games. And I just I, we keep waiting for Dak to be better. And he's not. That's the thing. Dak isn't isn't better. He, he's just Dak. And I, I don't see Dak, even with the tutelage of Mike McCarthy in the quarterback school, I don't see Dak getting better. 
He's just Dak. He's he's going to play well. He's above average, and then he's going to turn the ball over, and he's going to make bad reads, bad decisions, and it is what it is. They're also uh, let's do very right. injured, which is yes. a big part of it. Jason Peters is starting. That tells you oh, enough. Boy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see here. Um, the, the Packers get a win on Sunday or on Monday night. And when you talk about things that came out of that game, one thing that I think Aaron Rodgers stated on uh, Pat McAfee, and I just reiterated it to Mark Schofield, was when he was talking about how he thinks, think, thinks things are getting better and the energy's different and guys are buying in. And, you know, he just started talking about the locker room and how things are, are kind of kind of going. And, and it, you always wait for that moment in a season. When do things get better? Was it the fourth quarter of the Bears game? That suddenly when this team showed some fight and the defense showed some fight and the tenacity level went up a little bit and they believed they could win and a couple of passes downfield to Christian Watson. And when Watson's not there, now you got Romeo Dobbs back and he's crossing over the middle and picking up first downs and the run game and the one-two punch, which, by the way, uh, you know, we mentioned yesterday that Dylan has been cleared to play in this upcoming game. And I said it didn't look like one of those concussions where he was wobbly or anything like that. He jogged off the field. But you just have to pass a certain baseline, and he, he passed it yesterday. So that was good news. Do you think this is sustainable? Is this sustainable? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This portion of the program brought to you by Bud Light. Don't forget tonight, DJ's Goalpost out in Menominee Falls is going to be on Appleton Avenue. Come on out, be there this evening. Great sports bar. But tonight we've got the Bill Michael Subtle going to be on the road. DJ's Goalpost in Menominee Falls coming up a little bit later on tonight. And again, it's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio. Welcome back as we get into hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you on board. Good to have you as always. Our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin bringing you this segment of the show. And don't forget at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, they have uh, right now, uh, they're trying to keep the jingle in your pocket. And that is right now, no payments, no money down, no interest for a year. So you can get into 2024 before you even have to start thinking about it. But you can right now make your home uh, more valuable. You can make it more economical, more beautiful in many different ways. And don't worry about installing year-round and in the cold weather months because they seal off the room, open up the window, put in the new one, and you're done before you even know it. And it's like they were never there. And then they do that throughout the entire house. So that way you're not losing. It's not like busting out all your windows and the whole house is going to be cold and it's going to take you two days to heat it back up. Nay, nay. They get it done, they get it done quick, and they get it done right. And that is our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. But you can't do anything if you don't call and you don't email them. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com for that free in-home consultation, PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI, and see for yourself. Uh, The question we had in the last hour was with what we saw on Monday night with the Green Bay Packers and the way they played, um, is it sustainable? Is it, it? Could it get a little better every week? I'm not saying they have to play dramatically better, but could it get more sustainable? And could they be better and actually continue to win? Now, there are people that are the, the, the glooms day or maybe just a hardcore, harsh realis, uh, reality people, uh, realists that say there's no way. 
No way in hell. But, you know, if you eventually, uh, you, you've got a decent offensive line. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but a de- decent offensive line that's been able to run the football as of late. Uh, A.J. Dillon has been uh, cleared to come back. you got Patrick Taylor, who was a formidable backup, kind of a, uh, a little bit slower version of Aaron Jones. But your, your defense, Devontae Wyatt, started to come on in this last game and looked pretty good. Maybe he's starting to get it. Maybe at least if they use the rotation between Kenny Clark and Wyatt and Slayton and Jerron Reed and Dean Lowry, maybe using those bodies, keeping them fresh, maybe they'll be okay. Preston Smith looked pretty good in this last game. Then again, it's against a banged-up offensive line, so how good really are they? You know, Kingsley and Igbari, um, say what you want about the fifth-round draft choice, but he's certainly come on and made his name known. He's played better. Good special teamer. Quay Walker, I mean, he was right play. He, he had a hell of a first half of the game the other night. He seemed to be in the right place at the right time. Maybe he's getting it, you know. Um, and, and then there's obviously, you know, guys like Adrian Amos, Rudy Ford, Rasul Douglas, Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, your secondary. Now, after that, you start to get thin. I will admit, you start to get thin. So you, if there's one area right now on this team that you cannot afford to lose, that's probably your secondary. Maybe you can get by with Tariq Carpenter, Dallin Levitt, but you're yeah, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be pressing it if you think you're gonna get any of those uh those guys to really be up to speed and be a, a formidable secondary. But I think the number one thing that has to happen for the secondary and maybe for that defense in general is just keep tackling the way they did on Monday night. At least they were more sure of tackling than anything. And like I said, maybe it's just the pep and the step. Maybe they just get there a split second sooner, a quarter second sooner, a half second sooner. Instead of it being an arm tackle, it's a shoulder tackle. And maybe things just get a little bit differently just because there's a little belief behind the walls at 1265. We'll see. We'll see. 877-867-1670. There's a lot of things uh, that, and going back to even Ben's uh, hitting me up saying, you know, what from the other night is sustainable? Um, and when you ask yourself, what can they do better? You know, first of all, I think the fact that they've used play action offensively, they've mixed it up more. They've really become, I don't want to say reliant, but really become better, good more committed to running the football. I'm not always in agreement of stretch plays and such, but they become better at running the football, okay? Uh, secondy, secondarily, uh, getting Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs in the same field at the same time. I think both you have to account for. Randall Cobb has had, like I said time and again, he's had a pretty good season. Uh, yeah, he was banged up, which always happens, but he had a, he's had a pretty good season. And Lazard just needs to be Lazard, be sustainable. That's it. Just be a guy that can be there, uh, and you're able to hit them and, and move the chains. But I think the biggest thing that, that has to get better, in, in just my opinion, is quarterback play. And I know that doesn't necessarily sound right because Aaron Rodgers coming off a of back-to-back MVP for performances and such, but he's so used to doing it a certain way. You know, it's it's downfield. It's the matchup. I'm going for it. And, and instead, at times much like the interception to Lazard the other night, sometimes if, if Aaron Rodgers kind of retrains the brain and says, you know what, I don't have Jordy, I don't have Devontae, I don't have James, I don't have Greg, uh, you know, as the way he used to be, I don't have Donald, I don't have that. 
if he says, I'm just going to take what they give me. A lot of defenses will give you a lot. We know that, right? And then every now and then you get over the top with Christian or whoever else happens to get open, and then then you take those shots. But I we've seen a lot this season where it's just hit the open man, move the sticks, continue a drive, and they choose not to do it. I think part of it is is just the quarterback play is going to get better, has to get better, right? And we've said it all along. If this team's going to have a legitimate shot, it's got to be Aaron Rodgers that's going to lead them. The defense can do what the defense does. They can play aggressive. They can blitz. They can, you know, they can, uh, you know, move up and not give such a large cushion. Those are simple, simple things to do. But to me, it's the decision making of the quarterback. You know, if he just takes what's given, moves the sticks, lives to fight another day, and instead of getting a fifty-yard, you know, touchdown pass, stack fifty yards in five different plays. Stack fifty yards in twelve different plays. You're still moving the chains. You're eating up clock. You're keeping your defense on the on the sideline. You're scoring points. I to me, and the other thing is, is better in the red zone. Better in the red zone, but it has been a really pleasant surprise to see Keyshawn Nixon be able to do what he's doing in the return game, and special teams have not given knock on wood have not given away a game. I think there's a lot of things that are pretty good right now. Now, as others have pointed out, uh, such as Finns fan. Forget about it. Packers are done this week. Fins up. Uh, and <laughs> I've seen quite a few people that have said, you know, wait till they, what do they run into this team? What do they run into this Miami team? Wait till they run into a, a new and improved Tua. Wait till they run into, you know, uh, you know, st- uh, you know, what they have over there in, in Miami, the ability for them to, to move the football with Jalen Waddell, Tariq Hill, you know, wait till Raheem Mostert starts running all over them the way he did for San Francisco years ago, and he's still running in that game. You know, Mostert had a huge game against this team. You know, um, they, they've they upgraded their, their offensive line. Uh, they've been so much better, uh, you know, when they picked up Armstead and they got him from New Orleans, and he's been an anchor over there at that left tackle position. Obviously, it all starts with Connor Williams uh, up front as their center in the trenches, so they've been better. But they're a little bit banged up. They're banged up in their secundary right now, you know. Keon Crossan, um, their corner has been been banged up. Uh, Eric Rowe's been banged up. Their linebacker, uh, Jerome Baker, I believe, is banged up as well. They've, they've had some issues. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're able to get some things done. We'll wait and see. But uh, it is a grouping of weapons. And I think more so than just being able to cover Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddell, it's going to be to whatever it is you're going to do, you're going to have to dial it up against Tua and get him get him out of sorts. Make him throw, make him make mistakes, and maybe get a turnover or two and not turn the ball over, and, I, and they still have a legitimate shot at winning. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, give us a shout because I'd love to hear from you. 877-867-1670. Um, the, uh, cheddar ball says, yep. And they couldn't score 30 against a terrible Rams team. Slim hopes for the playoffs, but crazier things have happened, but they could have scored. That's just it. They could have scored. They were driving when Aaron Rodgers threw the pick and they could have scored 30 had they actually punched it in at the end. And there was another drive that they let get through their fingers. I think it was just, it was more the eluding of play calling than anything. Um, and the pack in the second half, the Packers could have actually continued to drive there too, but they could have scored 30. 
they chose to take a knee with a couple of minutes left, but they were right there. I mean, they could have they could have punched it in if they wanted to. And had like I said, now granted, he threw the interception, but it was not. When I talk about uh, certain turnovers, there's certain turnovers that are caused because of, okay? When you hit Baker Mayfield as he's throwing the football and it floats into Rasul Douglas's arms, that is a defensive play that made you turn the ball over. Rodgers threw a bad pass. It was just a really errant pass because he thought that Alan Lazard was going to do something. So the the only real turnover due to defense that they had was the Aaron Jones fumble. Got punched out. Good play by the defense. But Rodgers, if he doesn't throw that Aaron pass, if he hits Alan Lazard, moves the sticks and continues on, I bet you they score again there too. You know? 877-867-1670. Dave says, I don't know how much better you want Rodgers to play. He was 22 out of 30. With two or three throwaways, okay? And what I'm talking about, Dave, what I was explaining was if he continues to play that way and takes what the defense gives him, the errant pass, the turnover, not only was it an incomplete pass, but it was a turnover. And it was due to strictly a communication issue. It wasn't because the defense forced him to do something. He wasn't under duress. He didn't just toss it up, none of that. And and he needs to be almost perfect. He has had an inordinate amount of turnovers this year. The last time he's had 10 or more was go all the way back to 2010. It's been almost 13 years since we've seen him with this many turnovers. So one game, 22 out of 30, does not a season make. And it's been a season of consistency where he has turned the ball over. And we talked about it in the Chicago game when he threw one away, when he had a wide-open Randall Cobb. We talked about it the other night when he had a wide-open Alan Lazard. He's always looking for more if he just takes what's given to him at times. Not all the time, not all the time, but if you just take what's given to you. Because, again, Greg, Devontae, Jordy, they're not walking through that door. Just take and play within the realm of what it is you have as weaponry. There are times you expect more, but there are some times in the game that it's like, don't do that. Move the sticks. Pick up a first down. Continue to, to continue to do what you do. 877-867-167. Agree or disagree? Is this in any way sustainable? for the Packers where they're at right now. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin HarleyDavidsonHD.com. That is WisHD.com. For the Harley lover in your life, that's a last-minute gift idea of any type. Stop into Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WisHD.com to see all that it is they have to offer. But better yet, Highway 67, Oconomowoc, right between Milwaukee and Madison. They have great, great lineup of motor clothes, Parts, accessories, leathers. They have a clearance room, big clearance room with all kinds of stuff in the back. So if you're looking for anything for the Harley Lover on your gift list, uh, on your gift list, stop in and tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.